What is up, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome to the Vanguard Project. My name is Austin Jardine, and I am super excited for today's episode with Mr. Hunter Constantine. He is one of my favorite people. This is a lot of fun, or this episode is a is a lot of fun. Uh, I was just uh, just finished editing it, listening to it, and you know what? It's a hoot, and I am super jealous of uh, of the mad, fun, crazy lifestyle that uh, that Hunter lives out on the road, shooting, overlanding, teaching, all of the fun stuff. And uh, you know, for those of you maybe new to the show, this episode is actually a little bit different than the rest of them. Uh, this one is honestly just a lot more fun, where we. We are uh, kind of just BSing, getting to uh, know what he's been up to, kind of sharing in some of the excitement, hopefully getting you all motivated or interested in something new. So uh, a little bit different, like I said, uh, a little bit faster paced, more fun. Uh, but uh, yeah, if you tune into any other episode, we're really out here just trying to share stories, build a community and uh, give you something to chew on or maybe get excited about. Um, but with all of that being said, please uh, like Subscribe, follow the show, follow me on the Instagrams, follow Hunter and uh, Fieldcraft and Two Track Nation on the Instagrams and YouTubes as well. But you know what? Uh, today's episode is uh, is brought to you by Black Rifle Coffee. I am a gigantic Black Rifle fan. Over the past, I don't even know how long, I have slowly become a bit of a coffee snob. Like I've been uh, spending some time with my parents, and uh, their coffee is terrible. And I, t- I have told them that, so if they do listen to this, uh, they know that, uh, that I'm not a big fan. Um, but, but Black Rifle Coffee, however, is phenomenal. Uh, I'm a big fan of the, uh, the Power Llama, the Llama Mama Coffee, and it is, it is Mother's Day. So happy Mother's Day to the mothers of the Power Llama Mama. That is where it's at. So go get yourself some coffee. Use code Vanguard. Get 20% off, which is nuts. Use code Vanguard on Black Rifle's website. Make sure uh, tag them on whatever post you're doing when you're getting your coffee in the mail. Uh, but I'm going to stop talking. I'm super excited. I'm going to go to the gym here in a few minutes. But I hope you all have a wonderful day, and we will catch you next time. What is up, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome to the Vanguard Project. My name is Austin Jardine. With me is Mr. Hunter Constantine for like round 2.5, I think. We tried to record. You were driving back from, I think, the Gundy. Two. Or you were driving Gundy, two. Driving two. Yeah, you were killing hogs the last time I talked to you. Oh, okay. Yep. I was super weeks. jealous of. So it's been a couple of weeks. You've been super busy. I've been watching you traveling all over Hell's Half Acre, doing all the fun stuff. So we're going to chat again. And I know you've got some fun things to say. So what have you been up to this fine new year, Mr. Hunter? A lot of good things. Thank you for having me, Austin, for the uh, 2.5 time. Hopefully uh, this Wi-Fi connection is better than the cellular on I-10. We can get through <laughs> this in one good suite. But Heck yeah. we've been staying busy. Um, the whole – this past weekend was uh, the first weekend I wasn't on the road the entire year. Did you sleep so, all weekend long? No, I actually uh, – I taught field craft classes. So I was <laughs> in Arizona, uh, just not, not out of state. But so still doing stuff, still staying busy. Every yeah. weekend's busy. But I prefer it. There's a lot of good stuff going on. A lot of good people around the country to meet, shoot with, and yeah, new friends to be made, just like us, right? So, Always. But it's been a good mixture of just events and training and matches. Um, I'm trying to find a balance between that where I'm not uh, 
necessarily overwhelming myself and having like a one day turnaround to go to the next state. Yeah. So it's, uh, it's very fun, uh, but definitely requires some balancing and excellent time management skills. <laughs> I can imagine. <laughs> Do you like live and die by like a Palm pilot where you're like, like tapping in be like, I need to be here on this day. I am probably going to give all of my employers and sponsors an aneurysm right now. Really? I don't write anything down. Oh my God. You would drive me nuts. Like if it is not I just, on my like, calendar, it's not, it's not happening. I could, I could tell you my weekends all the way out through June right now. Yeah. But it's, uh, you know, it's the mental fortitude of preparing your brain. Oh yeah. No, totally. Definitely. That's what it is. <laughs> yeah. No, I, uh, it's, it's getting so busy though, that I think it's about time to start using, uh, some sort of planning app or something like that, because now there's, it's multifaceted with everything that, is going on right now and uh chase and i are going super heavy on content production so we yeah. got to build that in to our timeline but we got some really cool stuff uh going on with two track nation we got some new companies on board that are uh pretty sizable and some unique um content that we'll be producing later this year that's sweet man i know i've been uh every now and then i'll send like you and chase something random like like off-roady like i think i sent you and him like two like Tacoma's humping each other and I was like I immediately thought of these these guys so Makes it's sense. pretty funny it's pretty funny but uh dude so I know the last time we were talking um before kind of the uh the internet connection went to shit we were talking about your time shooting tanks driving tanks killing mm. hogs mm-hmm. and track suits I mean like track how does suits. all, track how does suit all of that yeah how does all of that play into like your you and your, your persona Absolutely. Um, so you're talking to one of the founders of the tracksuit mafia, oh, uh, tracksuit mafia. There's about, uh, I would say five or six main, main members and, uh, a few honorary ones and maybe more to come, but this is all through Dylan precision, which is one of the leading reloading companies, uh, based out of Arizona, but they supply people with reloading components all over the world. Um, and this started from a match in red October, uh, last year, which is an AK 47 variant match. You need some sort of AK, um, or close to an AK, uh, to shoot it. And we're like, Hey, like what's, you know, Russian tracksuit, what do we got? And then we found this blue, this blue tracksuit from Adidas that is almost identical to the branding colors of Dylan precision. And then I was like, I, I gotta get a white ski mask. I've got a friend that prints here in town. Boom, the tracksuit was born. Go to Red October. And anybody who um, – it's a very fun match. A lot of cool vendors, um, great match directors there. Uh, but it's definitely more of a match to have fun at rather than to take seriously. And sure. so, um, like, I know the guys from Lee Armory were there with a bunch of full autos and, like, gold AKs and stuff. But it is uh, – it captured the, the ethos of that match of, like, hey, let's play dress up in the desert and shoot a bunch of AKs. Um, so then we're, like – we got to, we got to bring this to another event. So the Gundy's, uh, is like an award event thing for influencers. Uh, I don't know the correct verbiage to describe it, but that's the, there's a bunch of vendors there, a bunch of influencers. It was in Uvalde, Texas at drive tanks ranch. Um, I think it's like a huge ranch. So there's like an airstrip there. There's elephants, giraffe or not elephants, sorry, giraffes, kangaroos, rhinos, um, rhinos, uh, there's rhinos. I got to touch two rhinos. Um, and if you guys uh, talk to Holden from Dylan Precision, he can explain how intimate you can get with those rhinos. But I'll <laughs> leave that for them. And uh, we won't change the rating on this podcast till later on. Uh, you so, know what? It's already R-rated. So you know what? We're there. 
Uh, just ask Holden about his brush. Okay. And we'll leave it okay. at that. All right. All and, right. Uh, but it's pretty cool. Very unique experience. Um, and we rolled deep. We got six guys in track suits, white ski masks, and we brought a table full of machine guns. We had like, uh, we had a full auto Glock. We had a full auto vector. Um, the vectors are somewhat rare to find in full auto right now. Yeah. Um, and, uh, we had a great company convert one. Uh, George had it, George had that thing dialed MP5 SD, uh, we had an MCX with this nasty surefire break on it. That was just causing a ruckus. Uh, and then Christian Saylor and I were there uh, dueling people if they wanted to come shoot against us. But uh, it seemed like the machine guns were kind of stealing the show. And yeah. so be it. Coolest part about it, though, is we brought an 1100 nine millimeter press. It's a 10 stage progressive press yeah. uh, to our booth. So all of the ammo that was shot out of the guns were reloaded right there on spot in the booth for the event. That's sweet. And, uh, and as a reloader um, as well, I'm, I'm, sure, I'm sure you know that there's not um, – we're a very small community. There's not a lot of reloaders out there. Um, and going into, like, the tactical world and it's kind of more of the casual shooter, I think they're um, afraid or turned off by it or it seems like this daunting task. But um, it's very simple. If I can do it, I think anybody could do it. Yeah. You know, if you could do it, same thing, you know, and it's, we want to just educate like the general masses about reloading um, and being at an event like that really helped uh, hone it in and just show people like, Hey, after you get it initially set up uh, and they have educational videos to do so, all you really need to do is load your components up, pull this lever and keep an eye on those rounds going around the press. And that 1100 can do um, give or take a thousand rounds in an hour. That's nuts. So you can get cooking on it pretty good. Um, they have some, some um, things planned for the future uh, to make those presses even more autonomous. But it's, it's great, and I think it's a, um, a branch of being prepared that you should look into because if ammo dries up and the sh uh, store shelves are bare um, and you don't have ammo, you know, what are you going to do? Rely on your buddies or whatever? So to me... I mean, I, I do it for competition shooting. I have all my ammo tuned to my firearms that I'm shooting, um, which definitely helps and gives me a competitive advantage. But in the back of my head, I also have, you know, enough components to load X amount of rounds and two, two, three and yeah. nine mil. And you can customize it too. Or if you want a bullet that packs a little bit more punch, you can load them hot. If you want less recoil, you can load them soft or like for the 300 blackout or suppressed nine millimeter. Um, you can load some super slow, pretty sluggish very very quiet yeah um and then we we messed around and we wanted to see the slowest 147 nine mil that we could load and still cycle uh in my <laughs> glock it's a glock 34 uh i think we put down i think we put like a i want to say like a nine pound spring in it like a 2011 spring oh, yeah which is like i mean it's that is significantly lower than the factory weight um and we've got them down to uh 795 Oh my which gosh. is like, Super like 45, slow. 45 territory. <laughs> um, and I, hands down, it's the quietest, quietest center fire, uh, that I've shot other than a bolt action, 300 blackout. Yeah. Um, but it's just a, it's a rad experience, especially taking new shooters out with suppressed guns. Um, so it just, I, it's about as close to that Hollywood suppressor as I could get. So, um, it's cool. It's a cool experience and you can definitely expect some more track suits coming to events near you. Yeah. Um, 
that blue is just so noticeable uh, anywhere where we're at. It just sticks out like a highlighter. Yeah, it's funny. Every time I see pictures with tracksuits now, it's like I think of you guys and I'm like, oh, God. Oh, God. Like it's like it's like debauchery is like the word that you know comes to mind and fun. When you were at a, when you're at the Gundy's, like I know a lot of people that don't reload. Right. Because it is kind of, it is kind of intimidating until you do it. How many folks out there were you like kind of rubbing shoulders with that, that didn't reload that were like, oh, my gosh, I didn't realize it was this easy like all of them really uh i besides the boys from tti yeah um uh, like zach and jr and then marco uh i can't i nobody else mentioned that they reloaded really you know so like that's that's what we were looking at and holden was on the press the entire time uh for like three hours he's just cranking away on it um and people were just enamored that it's literally just your phone components and just pulling on that handle uh, yeah. and you're pumping out fresh rounds. So um, ideally, like I'd like to see more people reloading just because it's, it gives you that freedom um, uh, of, of being able to shoot when you want. It reduced the cost. A lot of people look at it as uh, you know, like, Oh, I don't shoot enough to reload. But as we saw in the last couple of years, prices have skyrocketed yeah. in ammo. Um, luckily they've come down from like the election year and stuff like that. But I mean, I remember when I was paying under 20 cents for brass case nine and that was regular right. and deals were like 160, you mm -hmm. know, and now if you can find it for around 30 cents, that's the deal. It's doubled. Um, but like I bought components, I bought bulk components three or four years ago. So I'm, I'm still loading for extremely cheap. Um, okay. but buying, buying the new components right now, they've definitely come up in cost, but it's still cheaper than buying factory. Yeah. It's funny when you, uh, like when you, I feel, I feel like when you start to reload, you shoot more, right. Because like you have the mm -hmm. sense of like, okay, I have this obligation to shoot now cause I reloaded it, but now it's cheaper, <laughs> you know? Yeah. So you want to go yep. out more, right? Like, I don't absolutely. Know. And honestly you should too. It's a perishable skill. Um, yeah. and like training is just so important. Um, or I should say practicing cause there's a big difference between shooting and practicing shooting. Uh, I, I just recently, um, uh, got an SOT with my buddies here in, in, uh, Phoenix. So mm -hmm. now we have machine guns and stuff and ho, ho, ho. that is, that is probably some of the most fun is literally just going out into the desert and shooting rocks with machine guns. <laughs> um, it is like, uh, yeah, and just like, we've got this good place. It's got a big old back berm, so we don't need to worry about rounds like flying off and everything, but we literally go that we don't even sell targets. We just fucking mag dump and have fun and bring out belt feds and M16s, whatever <laughs> you name it. Uh, one of us in our group probably has something like it. So it's, um, it's a lot of fun, but that is, that is just shooting or just like going to the range and running. Uh, I don't know, not even run drills, but just like bullshit, you know, just putting up yeah. whatever target shooting, whatever, no timer, but practicing is important where you're focusing back on your fundamentals uh, you have a goal of what you're trying to achieve when you're out there um, and just honing in on that for that period of time and staying focused and training with a purpose or shooting with a purpose. Uh, otherwise you're not going to see your skill improve at all. And I, if your skill improves uh, I think you have a better experience shooting. Yeah. You know, yeah. Um, especially if you're shooting matches because I, I typically don't set up anything close to matches or stages when I'm practicing. It's literally, I mainly just practice on one target. Uh, so then when I go to matches, I'm having like all the fun in the world because I torture myself with like the most boring, mundane, <laughs> monotonous practice. 
so when I get to a, a match or even training with Fieldcraft or something or um, did privates, whatever it is, you know, I'm like opened up to like the whole range now. And I'm like, wow. So much fun. Metal to the metal, going for it. Blue tracks yeah. all the way. It's just a balance more than anything, you know, because like uh, I think at a certain point during my season last year, I got pretty burnt out of like dry firing every day, like very regimented practice. And like I was starting to get somewhat disinterested in shooting to an extent because I was practicing so hard Yeah, uh, that it is very refreshing blowing up a mag D60 drum mag belt, whatever, and just <laughs> dumping it into nothing. Um, or or just making silly videos out there as well. Um, yeah. You know, that's 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 the content people really want. I could post the stage and I'll get like uh, you know, minimal likes on it, and then I'll post a video of me yelling drop the drugs with a BAR, and I'll <laughs> do a couple thousand, you know. Yeah, whatever it is, but it's um it's just, a, it's a good balance to have, but the track suits are fun. It just kind of emphasizes that, that good time that we were having there and, um, uh, just having fun. And, and it's important to, to have that fun. And, uh, if you're not having fun, you should probably do something else. Right. And if you're salty about the track suits, I think you're just jealous. Yeah. Right. I, I can imagine some saltiness with the track suits, but like, I think it's funny because they're like, they are like the highlighter color out there, you know, like yes. it's hard to, it's hard to miss. Everybody's and, in tan and black. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And, and it's, and it's funny too. Cause like you guys actually shoot, you know, like, I don't feel like yeah. there's like, there's like this and I hate, I hate this word, but like the goon thing about tracksuits. Yeah. Like I, right. I, it drives, like, I don't like that word, but it's funny. Yeah. Cause like you guys, it's like, yeah, okay, great. You'll go like ham it out. And like, like, go through 2000 rounds on a fucking rock out in the middle of the desert, but then you'll go like lay hate on a stage and like smoke it, you know? So it's just, it's funny to me because it's like ironic in a way, you know? We can, yeah, we can back it up. We can back up the track suits. Exactly. I, um, yeah. The, uh, I, I, when they had, it, it was in, um, Chino Valley, California at a uh, PRG. They had a Valentine's day match, uh, <laughs> IDPA match. Okay. Yeah. I drive out there. I'd wear a, shinesty heart suit okay the whole okay. thing pants jacket hearts all over it <laughs> fucking so obnoxious and uh one of my buddies out there uh let me try to remember the comment he said something along the lines of like uh it's like it's it's a good thing you shoot well otherwise you'd just be an asshole <laughs> and something like that so like thank god that i do man and uh <laughs> Uh, and it, it was a fun match, but IDPA, for those who don't know, it's a little bit more serious than USPSA, I'd say. Uh, but there's, I, I think there's more USPSA shooters, uh, dabbling into IDPA a little bit. Yeah. Um, uh, I don't know necessarily if it's uh, more fun. I like it as, as cross training just to be a little bit more accuracy focused, but there's also a lot of serious older dudes in it. So like if you show up in a heart suit, they get all disgruntled. Uh, and that's also somewhat <laughs> fun just to mix it up, especially if you get a podium finish or finish high overall in the match. So it's, um, it's always good just to mix it up a little bit and have a little yeah. fun like that. <laughs> Throw a bit of a monkey wrench in their plans. Yeah. You know, and, uh, that's like, uh, for those of you listening who don't know, that's like the fishing vest competition guys, <laughs> you know, where they got their, uh, they got their pleated tactical pants and a fishing vest on and, uh, a hat from like 82 and probably shooting a 1911. Nothing against 1911s. I like them. I actually want a nine mil 1911. That's on my list right now. 
but it's uh yeah it's just it's good old fun so we just with those tracks we just want to promote that you can have fun and still still shoot well and do things and try to get people a little bit more hyped on reloading because it is it's it's firearm freedom for yeah. for feeding those guns and uh um it also just allows you to to do cool things like make make your custom precision loads for long yeah. range shooting that are way more accurate than factory stuff um my minimum power factor stuff so i have less felt recoil while i'm shooting pistol yep um super subsonic stuff the list goes on defensive rounds hunting rounds you name it there's probably low data out for it and you can educate yourself on it so sh- shameless plug for dylan precision yeah we're the tracksuit mafia we're gonna be at events keep an eye out for us do it's it yeah fun. check it out i was at a uh, one of the gun shops in town as i was kind of cruising around town looking for ammo and i saw they had a full dylan setup i didn't go like get all handsy <laughs> with it but i was like i was like i should go look because i could definitely take a a look at dylan's website i don't know i, mean, I don't remember last time i was on dylan's website do they have single stage presses that you know of I don't know off the top of my head. Yeah. Um, I just, I know they're like my buddy reloads per, precision stuff on a square B, which is a four stage one that's yep. ma- manually, uh, manually put the brass on manually put the bullet in. Uh, that's as far as I know. I don't reload a lot of precision yeah. stuff. Yeah. Cause the difference um, is like from your world to mine is like, you can be, within it like a grain or two right and it still be pretty damn accurate for what you're working for whereas like when i reload in terms of like powder charge like i i'm trying to get within 0.01 grains like that's that's my goal so i'll sit there to say like a a tenth tenth not a full tenth okay a tenth yeah yeah. so like i I seriously i'll sit there with like needle nose tweezers and pull out individual grain by grain yeah it takes i mean for me to reload and like and i and i do it by hand like i have a little like Mm -hmm like a like a little meth scale basically and and like yep trick i do out. as well yep yeah it's pretty it's pretty bad but listen guys if if you're at your friend's house who's a shooter and they have a meth scale just know they're deep into shooting they're not doing drugs okay? yeah right it's safe it's safe it's safe <laughs> but uh fun stuff track suits i know that you'd mentioned you want to talk about the pcsl which if i remember right that's the two gun stuff you've been doing right Oh yeah. Um, oh, it's yeah. a practical competition shooting league. Okay. Um, and it is designed specifically for shooters, not necessarily competitors. Yeah. So it is very friendly to new shooters. It's friendly to all walks of shooters. Um, it's two gun match. They're mainly in Utah. They're slowly expanding. I think there's going to be a match in California coming up here soon. And there might be one in Arizona in the future later this year. We're whispering because I don't know if that's going to happen yet, but we want to. <laughs> Anyways, um, it's uh, it's pretty cool. Uh, Max Grande started it. It's hit factor scoring, which is basically like points per second. So your accuracy matters. A lot of three gun is just two anywhere on paper. Yep. Um, and that discourages uh, people to be accurate and accountable for their shots. So this is hit factor. Uh, they have their own targets uh, similar to um, an Ipsic target and a classic target so they kind of um combine the two and it just provides a very unique shooting experience and they they simpled it to two divisions uspsa has like eight idpa has like seven or eight um three gun is all over the place because there's different ruling bodies but there's just two divisions for this keeps it simple there's competition practical practical is no compensator full weight bcgs 30 round mags no bipods 
Okay. No limitations on optics. So you could run like an LPVO and offset dot. If you have a, a short AR, like an AR pistol, you can run a braced AR, you can run your suppressor, you can run flashlights, lasers, anything you want. Um, and then obviously competition is anything goes, drum mags, uh, bags, bipods, whatever, <laughs> big old compensators. Um, so it just simplifies things. So you can bring whatever gear that you have, as long as you can have a couple mags on your belt and you have a retention holster for your pistol and a sling for your gun, uh, you can come shoot the match. And the, the last three matches I've gone to, uh, each time I've met a handful of shooters where this was their very first match they've ever been to, not even two gun or anything really? like that, but first match. Um, and that's the whole goal of this league is just to get new shooters to the match and shooting it. Um, the one in Utah is very dynamic. It's Cobalt Kinetics private range. And that allows us to get very creative with the stages that you wouldn't normally see at a gun range. Um, there's a few with cars. So uh, like you're shooting in and out of like a plumbing van, or like a moving van. Yeah. Um, somewhere you're like shooting through windows. Uh, sorry, the windows are already shot out, but you're shooting through the cars sure. to engage targets uh, as barriers um, using some of the functions of the cars to activate movers. And then they have four terrain stages that are shot through dried out riverbeds and cliff faces, which is extremely dynamic because it is, is something so different compared to what other ranges offer. So I remember there was one stage in the December match where like the best raw time on it, which is uh, for those of you who don't know what raw time is, that's the amount of time it took you to get through the stage. Not any penalties or anything like that. It's just your, your bottom line time uh, was like 45 seconds was like the top shooters on it. Wow. That's and a long time. Yeah. Considering like a normal USPSA stage or IDPA stage might last like six to 12 seconds, give or take maybe, maybe some push in 20, um, 45 for the top shooters a lot. And other people, you know, two minutes or so of shooting where you have paper at point blank range with rifle all the way up to 60 yards. Um, steel is, I think the farthest is like 120 or 150 or something. Uh, and then like pistol, same deal, like point blank, probably out to like 30. Yeah. Give or take. And it just extremely dynamic. You can like, I, uh, the match last month at Surefire hosted um, the After Dark PCSL Carbine Championship, and there is two divisions: White Light and Nods. Yeah. And so I I shot Nods, uh, or I guess there's a practical competition: White Light, Nods, etc. But um, won the Nods category, and I got to shoot full stages hit factor with rifle under night vision. <laughs> And like, I have never done that anywhere else. I've shot some steel matches like night vision pistol doing, uh, doing it passively, but not, not laser, um, you know, long intricate stages, 30 rounds, 40 rounds, 50 round stages. Um, and just hanging out with other like-minded individuals who also has full kit and nods and, uh, we're just having a good time shooting a match. So very rare that you get the match pressure while you're shooting under nods. And, uh, it's, very very unique experience i'm telling everybody about it because it's the most fun i've had uh in competition shooting in a very long time <laughs> yeah i uh um was talking to my buddy and it's it's not uh i don't believe it's a pcsl match i think that it's a like the parma gun range like two gun <laughs> match but my buddy was telling me that they've got a a two gun match at the end of april and uh, i was like gus gus fucking sign me up 
Like I'm super excited. And it sounds like it's pretty similar where it's like, you can run whatever you want, but I don't know as far as like scoring and everything. I'm mostly just doing it. Cause it's like familiarity of like, gun and gear and like it's it'll be one yeah. of those well, that's the best part i mean I, I i shoot carbine pretty well but i don't i don't consider myself carbine shooter still I consider yeah. myself a pistol shooter so uh, like i shot with my 11 and a half like tactical do all gun you know i had a laser light can all the all the all my tactical tactical stuff on there yeah um and i think that's awesome to get experience with it because some some places won't let you shoot with all that gear or they'll bump yeah. you to open and say too bad. And now I'm at a disadvantage because I don't have a, a three port compensator that eliminates the recoil on my gun. You know? <laughs> yeah. But um, it's fun to play with. Um, can't recommend it enough. And uh, they're like, they're looking to expand out a little bit too. So hopefully we see it popping up a little bit more. I think this is the second year of it. So it's, it's fresh. Yeah um super fresh but great people running it um great it's just fun and great competition so do they have a website probably actually they do but they probably need some i should help them out with it for free but it needs it needs a little work needs, needs a little, little work love. but yeah yeah a little tlc um so yeah but it's uh very fun that's like the number like the PCSL nationals area two and the Alaskan sectional are like the four, four matches I focus on for majors. Everything else is a bonus. Okay. Everything else is just a ton yeah. of fun. Well, yeah. I mean, th- those four specifically, well, like nationals, obviously all the heats there, you need to see how you're ranked nationally area two. Um, they have pretty unique stages. Uh, it's right here in Arizona. It's my area. So I feel obligated to shoot it. Um, they also, probably have the best prize table out of any major match in yeah. the country. Um, I think last year they had like 12 guns per division to win. So the oh top gosh. 12 people in each division would get a gun. I walked away with two Hellcats last year <laughs> for a Kimbo style. Um, and then, uh, yeah, PCSL, good old fun, two gun carving experience, uh, terrain stages. Awesome. And then the Alaskan section, I got family up in Alaska. So I travel up there every summer and, uh, Found out about this match. Uh, I've won. I've won the last two years high overall. So I like. I have to go back to to defend the the title. Uh, <laughs> I'll get. Uh, we joke around here when we're at the matches where uh, he's like, he's a two-time Alaskan back-to-back championship. <laughs> like uh, Doctor Disrespect, if you guys know the streamers, you know. Like, do you know who you're talking to over here? Mr. Two time, but it's uh, it's funny because just like in Alaska, um, I'd probably consider a little bit of a softer win just because not a lot of heat goes up. But I think I think I've influenced about twelve people to go up there now. So nice, that's good. Bringing right? more heat. I want more people to go there. Um, I think Alaska is a great state, and I want people to spend more time up there. It's beautiful too. Uh, yeah, what uh, Jason? He's like the sponsored coordinator for it. I think it might be a little too short this year, but next year we were talking about where trying to get uh, like fishing, hunting, hiking uh, guide certificates for the prize table. Oh, that'd be cool. And then for for those types of prizes, do like a random drawing. So when you're making your travel plans, uh, you know, you either stay, come early, stay late, and you can like really experience Alaska. It's like last year I stayed up there for a month 
Yeah. Uh, and just grand hours with family and stuff like that. But, you know, we're hiking, fishing, just doing all the Alaska stuff. And that's what really makes that place special more than anything is the environment that you're in and being able to see like one of the last frontiers that the United States has. I feel like I somebody literally just told me something was going on that weekend and I'm not making yeah, the last up. concessional. Yeah. yeah. All right. I just all right, talked right, to, right during, during this podcast. Uh, yeah. Um, actually <laughs> this will be later. It's not relevant. <laughs> will Smith just slapped Chris. Yeah. Rock. Right. Seriously. Yeah. That happened. Dude, that was so funny watching that. I was like, what the fuck is going on? Yeah. <sighs> the world he seems upset. Days. Some people say it's staged. I could give a shit about all that, though. I don't really care. I was, I was, I was like midnight here for the memes. The, yeah, right. I know. I'm, I'm here for the laughs. It's not like it affects my daily life, but it is. <laughs> I just got that HK93, so I've been been doing that bolt oh slap. Oh my life. god, dude! I saw that. That's. I'm jealous. Is it super good? Piece. Yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah, very soft. I ran it in a carbine class I taught yesterday for a couple of the drills. Yeah. Just to give it a little love. I don't think that thing's been shot probably 20 years or so. Yeah. Um, and it's in mint condition. And honestly, I didn't even really know uh, the rarity of those or anything like that. It was um, basically it, it was a gift from a family member. Mm-hmm. Um and it was in pretty rough shape when I got it and I cleaned it up a little bit and it's looking good. Just need a little TLC. And it's uh, I looked up the serial numbers last night and stuff. It's a pre-band 1982 yeah. all matching serial numbers. And it has a matching HK bayonet, which I've never seen before. Okay. Uh, but I looked it up and I guess it's a thing. And the crazy part is they mount at 12 o'clock over the barrel. Oh, really? Rather than well, under the weird. barrel. So, okay. And it clicks into the, um, the, uh, Fuck, what's that port called? The charging port, I guess. I don't know, but the charging handles in that area. So, like, a little adapter goes in, put it in, you throw a set screw in, and uh, you got, like, a 12 o'clock uh, bayonet on there. That's I don't know what sweet. I'm going to use it for. I I was I was thinking, I'm like, I should take that thing hog hunting. I could dead check pigs with the bayonet. Um, <laughs> and when you go hog hunting, you always dead check. Dead, yeah, I've heard those fuckers are tough. Yeah, and so like you want to be as humane as possible, um, and make sure that they're they're completely dead, they're not suffering or anything like that. But I don't think part of me is like you could use the bayonet because a lot of them are dead with your actual kill shot from your rifle. Um, but I also just kind of feel mean about poking him. Yeah, not I don't know, I but see we'll that. see. Yeah, yeah, that place out in Oklahoma though, they, those guys are they're awesome. It's called Tornado Valley Outfitters. Um, it's pretty inexpensive and uh, they provide guns and ammo for you and they take you around. Uh, it's like Oklahoma, just North of Dallas, whatever Oklahoma that is. I, I know Tulsa and that's about it. And, and uh, <laughs> Oklahoma city. But other than that, I couldn't tell you any other towns or cities in Oklahoma. Um, I, couldn't either. Uh, I don't know anything about Oklahoma. <laughs> me neither. Uh, other than it has that little strip and they got tornadoes, but uh, yeah, tornado Valley outfitters. We, I mean, we'd pull up on groups of like 30, 40, 50 pigs at a time. Nice. And uh, in the summertime, they stack anywhere from like 80 to 120 pigs per night. That's nuts. Yeah. So That's like, a lot. I, I'm going back out there in May and I'm hoping to go out there one other time. Uh, and we're hoping to at least one time bring some like belted 240s or something. Because <laughs> uh, we're shooting off tri- uh, tripods and like we could shoot off of a. Uh, we have a Land Rover with a turret mount on it. Yeah. Um, so we're thinking just drive that thing out there. 
Oh, there's easy and, ways, uh, you could, dude. You could do um. Oh fuck, you could do like one inch tubing with your mm-hmm. standard uh, clamps for uh, yep. your uh, camper shell, and you'd be off the yeah. races. Yeah, you know, and I'm just like, uh, curious thing a belt fed would definitely increase the the um the kill rate, I guess, because they're they're tracks until sixties. You better believe the tracks are coming out there. <laughs> you better believe it. Um, but so it's uh, um, I don't know. We'll see. But I I, I do really enjoy that. Uh, I like hunting in general. Yeah. Um, I'm hoping to go for another axis deer or something this year. Probably whitetail. But I just got all my meat back like a month ago from my Thanksgiving hunt because our processor was so backed up. Yeah. Um, but I got I got like a quarter of everything made into beef st- or venison sticks. Yeah. Nice. Oh, that's I a good idea. Like, yeah. I would, I always eat through them first. Right. Yep. And I was, and I'm always on the road and it's the perfect road trip snack. It really and is. Jerky's crazy expensive. Yep. So I was yeah. like, you know what? I was like, I want this much. He's like, really? I'm like, yeah, really. I'm like, I want all these meat sticks. Okay. <laughs> Put some jalapenos in there. Maybe a little bit of cheese. Who knows? Right. We got all, all these different flavors and stuff, but. Um, I make yeah, jerky at fun. home. Yeah, I do. Uh, so I've got deer meat. And like, do you do a smoker or you uh, do it in the oven? I do it in the oven. dehydrator. Uh, I do it in the oven and I've done it one or two times successfully. And this last time I actually did it overnight and I pulled a fucking rookie mistake and I left it in for way too long. So I basically made uh, uh, crisps like chips out of it. (laughs) Yeah. That turned into into dog treats. Cause I was like, I'm not going to eat this. Yeah. So, but yeah, I like making jerky cause like, I don't know. I got my deer and I don't really like the taste of venison. Like, and I know, from what I've been hearing, I'm just making it wrong because it's super gamey. Like I don't, I don't like the taste of the gamey meat. And yep. uh, so I've been been told a couple different ways to go process it, like grind it up with like bacon or whatever, or cook it a certain way. So I got things I gotta try. I just haven't yet. But mm-hmm. jerky, jerky's my go-to because like I don't know, it's it's good. It's hard to it's hard. It should yeah, be hard to I, mess up, but I somehow find I, yeah, there's you can definitely combat some of that flavor with the right seasonings and marinating yeah. and stuff. Um, yeah. When I make at home jerky, I do like a three or four day marinate mm-hmm. um, of the meat, so it's like it's soaking in there. And I use I use a bunch of olive oil, um, and I usually make like spicy teriyaki, but it's a it's a specific teriyaki sauce because I've tried a bunch. Yeah, and it's the I could be pronouncing this wrong, so somebody correct me if you want. But Kikkoman's sodium free teriyaki. Yeah, it just. And not that I care about the sodium. I'm all about full sodium as well, but it's just the <laughs> taste of it. The taste is better. Um, and I just, I put it in a big gallon bag, olive oil, um, the cucumins, uh, teriyaki. It's, it's, it's a lot more, uh, it's like the consistency of soy sauce rather than like thicker and sugarier. Right. So I don't know. I think it just soaks in better. And then I do, uh, I do minced garlic, uh, onion powder, red cayenne. Yep. And then I, and I actually like thicker jerky. So I, I do about like a one inch by one inch by like four or six inch strip. So they're like a, oh, more yeah. of like a, like a stick basically. Yeah. Stick rather than like little flakes. Um, and that, uh, it turns this like beautiful, like, um, deep red color on the inside. And it's, uh, and then I put rock salt or, uh, Himalayan salt on top of it before I bake it. And that kind of yeah. crisps up on top, but it, it turned out pretty well and it's super tasty. 
How long do you bake it for? At what temperature? Um, I set my oven to as low as it can go and go until it's about right. <laughs> yeah, I don't super really scientific. Know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's the problem with a lot of people who just kind of cook without following directions. Yeah, I well, I'm that guess guy it's too. probably. Yeah. I guess it'd probably be like seven hours. My guess, okay, just to throw random numbers out, give or take, probably one seventy-five for like six or seven hours. Okay, yeah. Um, but another trick is to put a wooden spoon in the door of your oven to let air escape. Yeah, I've done. I do that with a paper towel or a um, mm-hmm. uh, cloth towel, right? Roll it up and stick it in there and let it circulate. Because I'll do it mm-hmm. with lemonade. I use lemonade, soy sauce. Um, I do mm. uh, liquid um, liquid smoke. Yep. And then a couple other a couple other things, including like the onion powder, and uh, that tastes that tastes really good when you do it right. So, yeah, I like. Yeah, it. but that's nice and sweet. I do too. Um, top top tier snack food. That is that is tier one snacks right there. <laughs> it is. It is, and it's satisfying because like you know when you kill the animal and you make it yourself, you process it right. Mm-hmm. It's like, it's like I, I'm a man. I, I made I'm a this. man. Yeah. Do you see this facial hair? I'm a man. <laughs> yeah, right. I, I haven't shaved since I was 12. No. <clears throat> um, yeah, I'm hoping to go uh, bear hunting. That's kind of on my hit list mm. this year. Yeah, uh, bear season starts in like three weeks, I think. So that's kind yeah, of. I my... got something. I'll show you something cool. I know the viewers can't see it, so I will describe it. I'm going to my bookshelf. I got my main living room here. But this is a skull from mm. a grizzly bear. And this thing is, um, it's about, it's a little bit bigger than my head actually side by side, but the yeah. fangs on Look it at are that, absolutely dude. gnarly. Where'd you get that? It's mean. Um, I, it was when I went on my um, moose hunt in 2018. Mm-hmm. My Up uncle got, yeah, my uncle got a, uh, a black grizzly bear. Um, and he actually got published for it due to its size, but it's, uh, uh, he got the skull made and he's got, he's got a handful of bears and I, you know, I'm, I'm not huge on trophy hunting. I'm more for meat hunting. Right. Um, but my uncle is a trophy hunter. He's enjoys it. So we'll let him be, but he said, I got too many bear skulls on my shelf. Do you want one? <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, dude, for sure. And, uh, so he thought it was only appropriate to have the one on the hunt that I went on. That was like my first big hunt that I went on. Yeah. Um, so it's, pretty nostalgic and things like that and then for those of you who want to dig through my instagram i have a, a burt reynolds picture of me on that bear rug as well with a scar <laughs> so you guys can go ahead and look for that one <laughs> or don't <laughs> <laughs> you know maybe I'll, maybe I'll send you that picture it'll be the cover of this that would be good i i would do it we'll, we'll roll with it mm-hmm. I would say it's for the the female viewers, but we both know it's for the male. Yeah, that's fair. <clears throat> Listeners, waistband. Yep. Yep. Um, yep. That's funny. <laughs> I actually just got a new uh, a new tent for uh, for hunting. Um, my buddy, <clears throat> we, when we went last, what'd you get? It's a it's a Katoma burrow. And, okay. And uh, I got it because like I wanted to be super lazy because like I've got my my backpacking tent and like. I can pack it down really tight and everything, but I don't like how much effort it takes to like put it up and take it down. Like as lazy as it sounds, this little tent has fiberglass, like rods in it. 
And so when you pull okay. it out, you basically just throw it and it goes and it pops open and it's like, Love ready that. To go. yeah. And I was like, that's perfect. So I found it on eBay for like a hundred bucks. So I ordered that and I still need to get the rain fly for it, but I was like, it's, it's fucking cool. And it's a little yeah. one person tent. So I'm pretty, cool. I'm pretty excited about it, but, but yeah, man, um, you've been doing a lot of off-roading all your, uh, two tracks. Yeah. Yeah. Got a couple more dents on the old Denali. There you go. And, uh, I definitely needed some armor. So if anybody's listening to this with a fab shop, I need rock sliders ASAP. For what? But, um, it's your, uh, it's your Denali. It's a GMC Sierra 1500 crew cab Denali short bed. And the aftermarket parts market for that is slim to none. Yeah. I believe um, it. I've been working with a couple companies to change that. Um, I just signed on with ADS racing shocks out of Tucson. Okay. Um, I have my coilover sitting right behind me, but I'm waiting on some upper control arms and uh, a deeper leaf pack for the suspension. But we've, um, like, in like three or four months, that truck is going to be completely different. It's going to be fully built out. I have, I have like a room full of parts right now. Yeah. And uh, working real closely with Baja Designs, uh, we've brought them on as a partner. And so Chase and I will have like 360 degree Baja lights. That's cool. And we've got some special stuff coming from them that we got to keep hush hush for right now. Yep. But is we're going to go on this overlanding trip. Unlike something no one's done before yet in okay. the space. Yeah. Um, we had to get special equipment for it to capture this, but it will be, it'll be pretty cool once we get it done. And, uh, it's taken all over the place, but the main goal for the truck is to have that thing built out. I've got an alu cabin coming, uh, which is like a full tent, uh, tent system oh, for yeah. it and yep. back, back camper, super cool, super clutch, very slick. Um, and I'm going to take it to all the matches that I drive to, uh, basically just have my truck on the range, dry camp. That way I have everything with me. Cause I, I am a night owl and I don't like getting up early right now. That is how I live my <laughs> life and I'm not changing it for nobody. <laughs> so if I can cut out 45 minutes of, of my morning of, from traveling to the hotel and doing all that stuff, I'd rather walk to my first stage of a match with a cup of coffee in my hand or a mug of coffee in my hand rather than a cup of coffee. Yeah. And just have everything there where like, shit, did I forget something at the hotel? Do I need to change my socks? Do I need my sunscreen? Do I need this or that? Everything's yeah, just right there. In the truck ready to go. And, um, it's like an extension of, of my preparedness or like, uh, you know, it's my go rig as Fieldcraft would say. And, um, everything's going to just be dialed on that thing. I got a sailboat heater coming for it from okay. uh GP yeah. factor Dickerson 9,000. So I have a little chimney on the back for those cold <laughs> nights. Um, I don't know when you talk to chase, was that at the beginning of this year or end of last year? Uh, end of last year. It's been a little while. Okay. So we went on this badass New Year's trip. Okay. Uh, in northern Arizona. And we we got to really push our trucks in the snow. Uh, I, my truck's name is Stacy. Stacy did pretty well. Better than I, than I thought, but we got stuck a lot. Yeah. Um, we were riding and probably we got blizzards almost the whole time we were up there. So there was maybe about six to eight inches of fresh powder with maybe like a foot or two foot pack underneath. So if you broke through that top layer, I'm just axle out yeah. every single time. Uh, luckily Chase's GX is fully built out, but we really got to experience what sleeping in the cold is like. Oh yeah. Um, one of the <laughs> nights was negative five. Yeah. A lot of them were single digits. I was sleeping in the bed of the truck and those things are not airtight. Got to learn that the hard way, but Chase 
being the engineer that he is designed probably the most badass vehicle heater tent heater thing that's in existence right now he took two zargis boxes fully designed um heater that plugs right into his tent and we have a we have a youtube video the whole diy on it uh, on two track nations youtube yeah uh showing it explaining it um there's definitely a lot of custom fab work involved so just be weary but it's very cool to check out because it is just a self-contained little thing in these two boxes on the side of his truck um and then we made a y splitter and then like we tried to hook it up to my truck and if i if we didn't have that y split going um i probably wouldn't have been able to withstand that trip with how cold it was because really? the one night when it got negative five we didn't put antifreeze in the diesel okay or uh de-icer or whatever it is and our gas lines froze and i woke up with probably one of the most painful migraines i've experienced in my life from really? being cold my face i was in a like a sub-zero sleeping bag but my face was still exposed. Right. My body was fine, but I had just immense pain on my face. What? Because I was, I, I don't know how long the heater was off for, but I remember waking up at like two or 3 a.m. in just not even cold, but just pain. Yeah. And realizing like my face is just like, no, I'm like, fuck, this isn't good. And then I, we were getting spotty reception. I see a phone or a text from Chase being like the heater shut off. Um, and that's why I was like, fuck this leave the back of my truck half asleep, get into the driver's seat, turn it on and like warm up with the heat, heat warmers and all that stuff. And just slept in the front seat. But it was, there's a lot of lessons learned on that trip. Um, I think that's really important when you're getting gear because I didn't, I don't have my suspension ordered yet. Um, I had some ideas of some other things I wanted for the truck, but uh, I see a lot of people just going out, swiping their credit card, buying shit, cruising to the mall. Um, And Chase and I, we, I mean, we encourage people to go use it, you know, it's there for a reason. It's designed for a reason. Um, and you don't necessarily know what you want until you get to go experience it where I was like, yeah, the heater sounds cool. Ordered it because it sounded cool, but I haven't camped in the winter time, but I knew we were camping. I knew we were going to have on this winter trip and I am so thankful we went on it because I'm going to appreciate that heater so much more now (laughs) because you spend five, six nights in the cold like that. It's brutal. Yeah. One thing like winter camping. So like, I love winter camping, but I also like, Mm -hmm. I've got my redneck Ritz, which is, you know, fiberglass and insulated on the back of my truck. So like, I don't have canvas or anything. So it's a little bit more kind of inherently insulated. But like what I use, what I like, the thing that is most invaluable to me is actually a little heating pad that like runs just like you can plug it into uh, like a a wall socket, right? Because I've got my inverter and everything, you know, solar panel battery inverter. And uh, like, I'll take a couple blankets and I'll sleep in the blankets, obviously a weighted blanket with a heated pad at my feet. And I am like on cloud nine, like it is, it is almost as good as sleeping at home. And that was something Interesting. that like I had to learn because yeah. like my thing isn't like airtight, but it's it's pretty it's it's pretty dang good, right? But that yeah. and that's that the one you built, pad, right? Yeah, that little heating yep. pad is like the best thing ever. Um, sure. Or if you get like a heated blanket, but then obviously, right? You're like you're sucking battery life, but you've got a solar yeah. panel, so you kind of well, like to trade Chase. Off. Chase just linked up with um, Battleborn. He's gonna have like 300 amp hours in his truck. Holy shit! Okay. So yeah, you're being a lot. Yeah. He's, he's, he's doing an electric, uh, range stove in his truck. 
Yeah, dude. Okay, I was actually gonna say so. So with your truck for matches, <laughs> you can actually build a uh, um, a portable reloading stand, right? Just that attaches into your hitch. Yeah, so that way you can Even, slide it up. I, there's. I don't want to talk about it just yet. Yeah, but th- there is plans for yeah. uh, for something going in there, but it's actually gonna be on the interior of it instead of the hitch. Oh, okay, dude. There you go. So Pinterest. I'll, uh, of all places, Pinterest has the best plate, like best ideas for stuff like that. Yeah, I, I, and you know what? This idea actually came because I just fucking run out of ammo because we shoot it so much because we reload. Where like, yeah, um, I was. Uh, at the last state match I shot, I only I got third place by like less. I, I got a by like two point two seconds, and I got a procedural for three seconds. So I'm like super salty. But the whole week beforehand, I was in Utah shooting carbines, stuff like that. I was in the uh, I, I helped set up, and I was in part of the staff. So I was there all week, with full access to a range. But I didn't have nine mil loaded. Didn't have time to load nine mil. And didn't want to buy a nine mil because I had all the components and I was just being stubborn. But in my mind, if I would have had that extra week of practice in there right before the match, yeah. probably probably would have been a little bit sharper with that three second penalty. Wouldn't have mattered if I got it, whether right. I remembered that were targets or not. But I was like, and that was that right there. That finish was like, I was like, I need to have reloading equipment with me at all times. <laughs> and I'm like, cabins coming and stuff. So. I'll save that for, for later on once the truck is built out and we hop back on here and talk yeah. about it. But uh, obviously doing precision press and uh, get some blue going in there. But yeah, it's uh, I want a mobile reloading station. Cause like, or if I want to like change, change stuff, I don't know, you know, let's like, let's make a quiet around whatever or defensive rounds or hunting rounds. Yep. Want yep. it right there, ready to go. Dude, you could build out something sexy back there, all organized, yeah. neat. <clears throat> yeah, uh, I, I'm sure you've seen like some goose gear setups and stuff like that, where mm-hmm. it's like very prim and proper. That is the look I'm going for. Whether I go with goose gear or not, uh, that's that's up for debate. There's some other great companies out there that are doing great work, and I definitely I wanted something unique where it's focused on shooting and overlanding because those yeah. are main thing is shooting overland uh is right behind it but i need i need to have that space available uh for my firearms like i i want to somehow figure out to basically make a whole workbench on the inside of it where i can have uh you know a good area to work on guns like i want to put a vice in there like i want to I want like a snap-on tool truck in the back of my basically, eye. dude. Alley so cabin. I've seen uh, I've seen uh, pictures and videos of guys that actually have fold-down workbenches, right? So like you build mm. it all out that slides in with two by fours, right? So it slides in, and then um, obviously you measure it so that it can latch up inside or up above to uh, the side panel of your. Um, I guess your topper, right? And then yep. when it folds down, right, you just clamp it back together and it's it's like a full-on workbench. So you can yeah. go sit in and get everything all built out. Yeah. Some people are nuts with tiny oh. spaces, dude. Yeah. And like I like the idea of having one of those truck vaults in there, but the other part of me too is just like that's a ton of extra weight to haul around. So those yeah. things are like few hundred pounds. I'm already adding, I think, uh I'm just shooting off the hip here, maybe like 700 to 800 pounds of rolling around weight without yeah. like dry without gear or anything like that um those deaver springs are going to help i got those tuned for an extra i think i said thousand or 1200 pounds just to go a little bit over just in case right 
but it's uh it's dope and it's honestly that is i think that that's like the closest thing you can get to like um bushwhacking trails and exploring and kind of going on your own um expedition of sorts because like the campsites that we visit they are so remote and desolate where um i mean such few people actually have been in that spot like over the course of the year like a sign-in sheet like chase went to this place in utah um i think you talked about it on the podcast but there was you know there was like 40 or 50 people that signed in for the entire year yeah and it is some of the most gorgeous gorgeous pieces of this country and I want to see those. I want to explore them. I want to appreciate everything that this country has to offer, especially given some of the political climates and pop, pop culture climates and stuff like that. When you get out to nature, you're like, I understand what's so special about this country. And uh, read Teddy Roosevelt or uh, yeah, Teddy Roosevelt's um, biography and stuff like that you can hear about how the, all the national parks got created and stuff and it is just absolutely spectacular really i'll have to listen just to it or read it read yeah there's i you know i don't i used to read more but uh not so much i, I crush some audiobooks now when i'm on the roads and driving so much um i did 40 46 000 miles in my truck last year um but it's uh it's cool just to hear how the conservation got started um and that, I mean, honestly, if that, I don't, if that didn't happen, then a lot of it would probably be developed or sold out or commercialized. Uh, I'm just thankful that it didn't. And we still have all these areas. Arizona's a great state, Utah, Colorado, everything out West. Uh, we've got some awesome pieces of geography that I say is needed to check out. You know, there's some bucket list things like go stand on the edge of the Grand Canyon uh, or like the North Rim of the Grand Canyon where like, Chase and I were literally like toes on the edge of the ones in Utah and stuff like that. Uh, Moab and so on and so forth. It's just spectacular. Like this is, this is our backyard. Um, we can experience it and you can make a lot of memories on it and have some real fun experience with friends as well. Yeah. Yeah. I like getting out and driving and getting, getting a little lost. <laughs> yeah. yeah. A little lost is great. A lot and, of loss uh, is like, not, not so great. Yeah, as long as you got comms, you can get as lost as you want. And because like Chase has the in reach. Yeah. Um, and since he got that, I'm like, and I'm with him, I'm like, I don't need it. He's got it. <laughs> and uh, uh, we work with Midland Radios. They have GMRS radios. So we have uh, like talk uh, comm stations in our trucks, um, 50 watt radios. So they um, they go pretty, pretty far. You can usually get a couple miles on flat and then. We did one test where Chase went up to Reddington's Pass, which is elevated on the south side of Tucson. Okay. And I drove on I-10 going north to Phoenix and uh, see how far we could um, see how far we could communicate to each other. We got like 37 miles, oh my God. <laughs> which is like pretty nuts. We're like, he's still it's a little crackly at 37, but um, if if the conditions are clear and you have a clean light of sight from antenna to antenna, um, you can extend that range pretty far. And you can also use repeaters on it too. So like um, you can ping people in Milwaukee from Arizona. I wow. might be able to ping you if we got enough repeaters in the right. Uh, um, yeah. Yep. That's sweet. That's one thing I don't know a whole hell of a lot about is radios. Like, <laughs> it's like that almost feels like black, old black magic to me. Yeah, it's, I, 
when you get into the ham stuff, I, I I'm not as well versed. GMRS is super easy. Um, it reminds me of just like the handheld walkie talkies that you're familiar to use. There's, um, you know, just normal channels and then a number for the privacy channels. You don't need to worry about like some nine digit frequency code or anything like that. Um, and it's crystal clear. So we, we keep a couple handhelds in the truck if we have passengers and we're spotting. Um, and then we can communicate. It's also very fun on road trips because you can talk shit back and forth real time. <laughs> um, and you're off your phone. And plus, you can feel like a trucker. You can make road names. Um, Chase's truck is uh, Booger Sugar because uh, it's the white Lexus. So we figure it's fitting. Um, we haven't got a solid one for Stacy yet. Um, Trail Whale has been popular, though, because she's so big <laughs> and scrapes everything. Big white Trail Whale. Um, <laughs> And, uh, but so anyways, it's just, it's a lot of fun to stay, stay, stay connected in there. And, um, honestly just get the vehicles where you can rely on them for a whole bunch of different things. Like I'm very surprised at the capability of this Sierra yeah. and it, it's done a lot more obstacles than I think that it could handle. Although the rockers and the rear bumper definitely show that as well. <laughs> it's all part of the game though. And so we're, we're going up to, I'm going to Grand Junction the end of, uh, end of April okay. uh, for a match. I think I'm going to camp around up there for a little bit. And then in July, I think we're planning on coming to Wyoming to do some nice. overlanding Yeah, and go North. I am very curious. I haven't gone that far North yet in my truck. I've been, I've hit Grand Junction before. Um, I went to Wyoming once last year, but it was, uh, it was for my cousin and her boyfriend stuff. They're pro rodeoers, barrel racing, team roping and stuff. Yeah. So it's, uh, it's a cool experience and just, I like, I want to take everybody with me if I have enough space. Now I could, I could comfortably have like two sleeping areas in my truck after I get the tent on there yeah, or the cabin. Cause it's going to have a lower area and an upper area. And so I'm like, cool, I can bring friends. <laughs> um, not that the homies can't come and snuggle, but sometimes you just find your own space. Yeah. Right. Like we could <clears throat> negative five yeah. weather, snuggle weather. Yeah. You got to stay warm for survival. That's fair. That's fair. Not too yep. bad. That's, that's it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> But it's good mix, and uh, there's a lot of cool stuff getting planned coming up. And, yeah. How know. often are you guys doing your uh, YouTube videos now? I know at one point I think you were fixing for every two weeks. Something. Oh, yeah. That was wishful thinking. Yeah. Uh, we are – I I think uh, – I don't want to say we're behind, but we've just taken contracts with other media productions. Sure. Uh, things like that. Like we got a product catalog. We got like some full-blown like – commercial productions uh or productions for commercials that's um, cool i guess it's a big commercial advertising. anyways but our schedule is just stacked up super busy me over scheduling being on whatever weekend does not help either uh, we're getting back into it we've got like four in the pipeline right now that we're chipping away at so we're hoping to get back onto a regular schedule i think we have five or six videos out right now um, the diesel heater video is like an hour and 20 minutes or something like that. And oh, that's yeah. a lot of post-production. That's a long time. <laughs> um, so like we probably, like we needed to get that one out just to educate people. We talked about it a lot. Um, but you know, that's like the equivalent of like five or six videos right there. Oh yeah. For and sure. So that, that took a long time to not only film, but also, but also just produce. 
but so we got some cool stuff coming. Uh, we just put a new light bar on my truck. Um, Chase just got some new tail lights and some little accent lights. And then we have our winter video from this trip in new mm-hmm. year's coming up. And that's going to be a three parter. We have like, uh, I think over a terabyte of video footage. Yeah. I believe so that. we're a lot to scrub through, um, a lot of different cameras and stuff. We got a whole bunch. We got a wide array of equipment that we use. So, um, we should be seeing those coming up. We're trying to get through the winter video before it's too hot out where a winter video doesn't make any sense. <laughs> or um, just save it till it gets cold again. <laughs> yeah. Well, we'll probably release it just, uh, I don't know. I don't, I, I'm trying to think of when the projected due date, probably sometime in April though. Yeah. But I'm packing away at it and, uh, getting some, some other ones made. I'm getting up to speed on the production of, premiere pro and getting the production side done because that is that was a whole skill in itself of being able to do that because chase just clicks around he just knows it you know and i'm still yeah you're like uh, dude. i'm like I'm, I'm producing in like analog basically i'm like <laughs> click here copy this press this letter we're good but i'm learning and you got to start somewhere just like shooting where like you know i don't i didn't just pick up a gun and start winning matches you know yeah it all takes time and it's just another skill that will be acquired and once we get rocking and rolling, kind of getting pace, we'll be uh, we'll ha- we'll get back to our regular schedule of things, and yeah, we just like helping out other companies though. So if uh, um, they approach us and it's a brand that we align with, and um, uh, you know, it's helping fund some of these trips and projects on our trucks, and we're all for it, and that's that's part of what our plan was for this as well. But we want to educate people, entertain people, and just grow that overland community, mm-hmm. and it's. It's, it's, it's definitely growing as is, but uh, with the production quality we're bringing to the table, it, it provides a very unique experience that not a lot of not a lot of other overlanders capture. Yeah, and we want to want to stay on that high quality, high production level style of video because it's it really captures the moment uh, of the trip and, and what we're doing. Yeah, yeah, that is one thing I love about your guys is the about you guys is the quality right like you can you can you can tell that you guys care about how it looks how it's presented what you see how it's framed up like i mean when you look at it you're like that is a good shot like that is a great picture you know it makes you feel good regardless of overlanding or whatever the topic is it's just like good cinematography 100 percent. you know absolutely yeah and um the real question though is when we're going to meet up in the flesh this year, we got to put Dude. something down. And I was thinking maybe, maybe come over to Wyoming when we're over there. Yeah. That's actually not too far. You said, you say May, uh, July, July, oh, dude, last July. weekend of July. It's also a USPSA match oh, yeah. with a company that you like, maybe a couple, but it's vortex. Wait, 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 hold on. Let me think about it. I think it's the vortex governor's cup presented by Magpul or it's the Magpul's governor cup presented by Vortex. Okay. One of those two. Vortex, Vortex, Magpul, it's 10 stages. Average round count is 40 rounds per stage, USPSA style. <laughs> so we are going to lay down the fire hose and turn on the water. Dude, I would have to call you and be like, hey, so I need a new press and I need some powder and I need some brass. That's a lot of ammo. Because, <laughs> hey. like, it, a normal USPSA match is, like, 150 rounds, maybe. 
and I hit. There we go. I just stretched my arms and I beeped the button on the side of my headphones. So, so we're back. Like, but anyway, listen, Austin, you don't need to worry about the ammo. If you need ammo, I'll bring it to you. Okay. All right. Just all to right. get you I'll out there. Look. I, I'm all for it, even if it's not in July or at the July one. I mean, I don't know what Arizona for me is. Yeah, or meet us in Grand Junction, dude. That is actually doable. Grant at the end of April. Yeah, I think it's. Uh, I'm shooting the weekend of 420. Hashtag blaze it 360 no scope. Um, hey, and like the next few days after that, I think I'm gonna camp and then eventually go over to Fort Collins see my cousin and then go home. Okay. Yeah, I'm, gonna, I'm writing it down because I'll have to look because so we're doing uh, that. I was talking about motorcycles. We're doing our motorcycle class the last weekend of April. So it's like that Saturday and Sunday, like mm-hmm. is that the 31st and the first, I think. So I'll have to look because um, I just rescheduled that. Cause we had it, we had it scheduled for cool. mid-May. And I was like, I really don't want to wait that long. Like that's that's way too far ahead. Like I'm way too excited to go get on a fucking motorcycle. So uh, yeah, tw- that's 28, 29. I'll be in Grand Junction, uh, 19, 20, 21, uh, 22. And then I was thinking like 22 night and maybe like 23 24 camp 25 foco or maybe 24 foco uh and then start cruising back down okay i'm looking up i don't even know how far grand junction is from here probably like five minutes yeah right. minutes. nine and a half hours and a jump away that's not bad nine and a half yeah let me see where the magpul match is i'm just curious um you're probably wicked far from Tucson then, dude. Tucson, 60, 17 hours. <laughs> oh, my goodness, That's a dude. long you, drive. I mean, you might as well just fly in. Yeah. Yeah, Vegas. Okay, we drove to Vegas. Evansville, 10 and a half, which, again, okay. is not, that's not bad at all. Yeah. Um, it's, yeah, it's the 2022 Magpul Wyoming's Governor's Match presented by Vortex Optics. And that is the weekend, uh, last weekend of July. It, it is, uh, yep, July 28 to 31. I believe it's a two-day format. Printed by Vortex, 40 rounds. Let me see. Yeah. Yeah, that would be a lot of fun. I would dig that. That's. A, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I just started working with Magpul, so I want to go represent them in some of the matches that they're hosting. Oh, yeah. I think they have some Texas three-gun ones coming up as well. Nice. Um, yeah, I... Uh, Magpul is like bread and butter of... Uh, everything? Uh, furniture, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I know. I like exclusively use Magpul stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, I, I like their rubber grips and everything. I haven't used their gloves yet, though. I'd be curious to try their gloves. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, I, uh, I've been using their gloves uh, lately around the ranges and stuff like that. Used them hunting, and yeah. uh, they work pretty well. And uh, digging, I had to do a lot of digging last week in the yard, and had the Magpul gloves on. They're not just tactical gloves; they're work gloves, <laughs> ready to go. But it's um, it's good stuff. They're good people, and uh, definitely like to align with like-minded brands because yeah. there's some brands where I've I've said no to because of this, that, or the other, and. Um, I want to support brands that support me and support the things that I stand for, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That's good. I've, that's one thing that I'm, you know, learned. I don't know. It's a, it's, it's, I don't know. It's nice to be around people that support you and then, you know, kind of you feel the same about them, which to your point Mm -hmm. is aligning without getting too far into the weeds on that train of thought. So, (laughs) 
For sure. But uh, nice, man. Well, is there anything else you want to uh, get out on recording, at least? <laughs> um, follow us on all social medias. All of Hit it. up 2-Track Nation on YouTube, Instagram. It's a small page, but we're growing. We'll have some super badass stuff along the way. My personal, Hunter underscore Constantine. Chase's personal, Chase dot in, or Chase period, I-N dot point, Chase and point. Um, follow the Vanguard project on instagram yeah, i do all sorts of random um, stuff like comment subscribe down below um <laughs> send us your social security number top 10 list of fears <laughs> your uh your first street or the name the name of the street you grew up on your mother's maiden name your first pet your first best friend <laughs> all the security questions comment down below um, oh man Wait, wait, leave a review for this podcast. It helps out. We're reaching more people. It you guys reviewing help, allows us to get boosted in the charts and have people find the Vanguard podcast. <laughs> yeah, please leave a review and a rating. That it makes me feel good when I see a new one pop in. It makes me yep. it, it makes me want to keep doing this. And uh, this podcast is brought to you by uh USDA Choice Prime beef. Choice Beef uh and uh Shamrock Farms. <laughs> side note side note to carson herding if this if this part even gets in here we get this out but it doesn't matter this kid loves milk we went to or maybe actually just cut all of it out and then just cut back in right when i say this kid loves milk we went to an olive garden and they brought him out a gallon of milk because he kept drinking so many glasses no, of it. 100 so he's a junior shooter he eats like chicken nuggets, pizza, and milk, dude. So we're trying to get him a milk sponsor. So like Shamrock Farms, Fairlife, Marigold, whatever your local, yeah. yeah, what, yeah, just this kid needs all the milk, and uh, you know, just Carson Herding, check him out. He's got some dense ass bones, dude. He's probably got the strongest bones. Uh, yeah, I don't even know. Maybe you should go into karate or something. I don't know. <laughs> Wolverine what adamantium. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> uh, off the record, though, that would be pretty funny if you just if at post podcast and then it just cuts to that. We're like, this kid loves milk. <laughs> um, I can do dude, that. Dude, dude, definitely get a kick out of it. Maybe just pause right after, like, we need to get him a milk sponsorship and then it, it cuts out or something. But yeah, whatever it is, it'd be cool, man. Deal. All right. I'll hit Hunter. Thank you again, man, for chatting with me. I enjoy. Our conversations, as romantic as that may sound. But I hope you all took something away from this. Maybe got excited about the Gundies. Maybe uh, trying something new. Uh, maybe getting into the pistol shoots or uh, overlanding. Be sure to check their uh, their website out as well. But uh, otherwise, I hope you all have a wonderful week. And we will catch you next time.